good Sunday morning. You're listening to Twyla Southall and L.J. Renee with What Does the Lord Say? This is Christian Talk Radio, here to challenge the status quo. If you keep doing what you're doing, you'll keep getting what you're getting. But if you want to see a change, if you want a spiritual revolution, if you need a spiritual renewal, stay with us. We are here to inspire to inform and to challenge you to consider what does the Lord say regarding life's issues. Visit our website for information on how you can join us for morning prayer. Access previous podcasts of this broadcast, or you can even now access and download this podcast in iTunes. There is also information to follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, or even sponsor this show. Visit our website at www.whatdoesthelordsay.com. We would love to hear from you. as our guest, Dr. Nakresha Roach. The question today is, describe a time when God supernaturally intervened on your behalf. I remembered when I applied to medical school, I really wanted to, you know, become a physician. And so after submitting my application, a couple of weeks later, they said it was to a special program where I was going to be guaranteed a seat into the incoming class once I completed a certain amount of credits and met the criteria in terms of GPA and MCAT scores. And I really wanted to do this program at Ohio State University. And so after applying, um, interviewing, they interviewed a total of 30 candidates and they were only going to select the top seven. I was really hoping that I was in that top seven. And a couple weeks later, I got the letter saying that I was not accepted anymore. And I was, of course, devastated. And I went before God and I prayed and I cried, more crying than praying. (laughs) And um, because I really thought I heard from God and I wanted direction, where should I go now that this door of opportunity was no longer available to me? And I trusted God. I booked a trip to go away so I could hear from God and just spend time alone. And a couple of weeks later, I was supposed to meet my friend in the city. I lived in New York City for lunch. And I got an email and it said, Dear Nakresha, congratulations, you've been accepted to the Ohio State University College of Medicine MedPath program. Not only was I accepted into the program, I was accepted on a full scholarship. And so when you thought all hope was gone, and my mom still has the rejection letter, and I'm three months away from graduating as a physician, when the world said no, God and his favor will open doors even when it seems impossible. And this program usually takes 15 students every year. My class was the first class. They only took seven people, and I was in the top seven. And two weeks before it was scheduled to begin, I had to quit my job. I was a professor. I had to sit with my chair, quit my job, find a place to live in Columbus, and move here to begin my medical journey. So... My road to medicine began with a no, but God said yes. Hey, man, what a powerful testimony. Thank you for that answer. We're going to be talking about just that, the intervention of God. I'm going to read a couple of verses out of John chapter 4. Powerful, powerful, powerful. John chapter 4, beginning at verse number 3, it says, 
Jesus left Judea and departed again into Galilee, and he must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to the city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, set thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There comes a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were all gone away into the city to buy meat. Then said the woman of Samaria unto Jesus, How is it that thou, being a Jew, ask me of drink? which am a woman of Samaria, for the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith unto thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman said unto him, Sir, thou dost have nothing to draw with, and this well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself, and his children, and his cattle? And Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Then the woman said unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. We want to talk about the intervention of God, just as has been shared with the Q&A. There are times in our life when God will supernaturally, in, and there's more of them than we realize, I believe, when God supernaturally intervenes on our behalf, there are things that are transpiring in the supernatural realm that you are not privy to except God moves the veil from your eyes and allows you a glimpse into the supernatural but all the while God is moving and churning and working on your behalf. The very word of God says that all things work together for the good of them that love God. They can't work together for your good except that God is intricately moving the details of your life so that they might move in unison and, and that they might perform the will of God in your life. God is working it out for your good. You don't know why God led you the way that he led you. You don't know why God had you sit where he had you sit on a certain day. You don't know why God had you make a phone call or accept an invitation, but God is up to something and he's working out in your life the will of God that you might be ushered into the destiny that he has for you. But there is some intervention of God that's going on. We used to sing a song. It says, I anticipate the supernatural intervention of God. I expect a miracle. They call it a miracle when God supernaturally intervenes on your behalf. I mean, when God does what no other power on earth can do, he's working miracles for you. And you need to anticipate the supernatural intervention of God. God will intervene for you. It's going to be an ordinary day in your life. Nothing spectacular. No fireworks going off in your life. That woman was just going to draw water like she did every other day. 
She was just going when no one else was there because she didn't want to encounter any of the city folk, but she was doing what she did every other day, drawing water just to satisfy a natural necessity of life. But this day was different because Jesus said, I must need go through Samaria. And you know what I like about it, LJ Renee? It says that he was weary of his journey, so he just sat down by the well. Like this is no, no particular reason. I'm just tired. I'm going to have a seat, but that's the way it reads to us. But lo and behold, in the intricacies of the mind of God, he was planning this before the foundations of the world were laid that on this day, in this woman's life, she was going to encounter the very living water, the well of water that never runs dry, that springs up into eternal life. And what it shows to me is that God, even before he went to Samaria, he heard the heartbeat of this woman. He knew that this woman was embarrassed maybe by her lifestyle. But he saw the shame that she walked in. She, he saw the hurt that she stood in. And yet he purposed, I have need to go to Samaria. Even when his disciples wonder, why would you go to a place that we wouldn't, shouldn't even be in? We don't like those talk, people talking over there. To people we talking shouldn't to talk people to. we shouldn't even talk. What, what is this Aren't thing? I'm glad that he is not limited by this religious foolishness oh that we God. have erected in our own church. He does not come to satisfy our religion, but he came to blow it up. What he does I mean, do? he breaks out the rules and he breaks out of the tradition and he, cause she says, you shouldn't be talking to me. I'm yeah. A Samaritan and you're a Jew. He didn't even, he didn't even give place to that at all. We are all believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. If you have been born again, That's are right. you washed in the blood of the lamb? Mm, my God. And, and listen, what he heard was the cry. Remember when Israel was burdened down, they were, had to make bricks out of hay and they were ridiculed and they were persecuted because of who they were. And God, he said, I hear the cry of my people. Mm -hmm. And therefore he sent the deliverer in the name of Moses. God hears the cry. He will direct your steps to someone or to that place where he can meet you. There is no mountain too high and there's no valley too low that he cannot get to you. I think the interesting part in the story of the woman at the well is that she tried to ignore Jesus. She just wanted her water and he kept prodding and priming and, and trying to strike up a conversation. And she kept saying, you know, why are you even talking to me? I'm just here to get water and move on. And God does not want us to suffer alone. Mm. He really does not want, no man is an island unto himself. And so even though she was trying to just go about her business, God was concerned about her and he did not give up on her. God is not going to give up on you. And he Amen. met her. He could have met her while she was going to the market. He could have met her while she was Amen. going out to dinner. But he met her when, you know, going to the well, I'm sure she did not put on her finest. Her hair probably wasn't done. She probably didn't have on any makeup. She was going to get water. But God was so mindful of her that he was willing to meet her what might have been the, the lowest part of her life. Mm -hmm. and, and you know, I, right. I've always thought that the reason, part of the reason why she was trying to shun him is because you got to remember what she said when he tells her later on that in the, in the discourse, he tells her, you know, go get your husband. And she said, you know, I don't have a husband. And he said, you spoke well, you spoke the truth because the one you're with is not your own. You know, she'd had five. 
I believe that this woman had already suffered through the abuse of many men and she had already gone through that feeling of rejection and she had already gone through that feeling. She didn't know, you know, far as she's concerned, this is just another man. And she'd had a few of those and she didn't really want to entertain another man. She probably had a reputation that preceded her and men probably thought she was easy. The women didn't want anything to do with her. All of us, male and female, can find some of us in this woman. She was lonely. She was rejected. She was ostracized. She was hurt. She was ashamed. When he met her, she was probably at the low point of her life. She had suffered failure so many marriages. She knew she only quoted to him the rules and the regulations. All of us can find something in this woman. I mean, think about it. Here is Jesus the eternal life himself, the giver of life himself coming to this woman to have discourse with her. And she's given him the rules and the regulations. She said, listen, you don't have anything to draw water with. I mean, are you greater than our father Jacob? And I don't know how much restraint he had to put on himself to say, I am the God of Jacob. He constrained himself. If you only knew the one you're talking to, if you only knew who you're conversing with right now, I mean, she just had no idea. She thought he was just another ordinary man probably out to do with her what every other man wanted and had done with her before. Jesus purposed to go through Samaria that he might intervene in this woman's life, that he might touch her loneliness, heal her woundedness, that he might deliver her from where she was. And you know, the great part of this is she became an instant witness and evangelist for the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't, I wish I could see how she ran into the city and said come see a man that told me everything I ever did and knew everything about me you gotta see this man and they themselves received Jesus because of the testimony of this woman you know why when you look at the word intervention it means that that someone has stepped up in the affairs of another Oh my God, to change the state of that individual. And that's exactly what God wants to do. And he has done in many of you all's life. He stepped up in the midst of your situation. He changed the environment. He changed the situation. And some of you, he met face to face and he challenged you to change. That's the intervention of God. He began to show you yourself. And then he began to show you who he is. And he says, listen, you might might have been known to be a, a prostitute. You might have been known to be a drug dealer. You might have been known to be a liar or a supplanter. You might have been known and had a bad reputation. He said, but I'm the one that can step right up into your, uh, your situation. And I'm the one that can change it. And some of you right now is setting in shame because of what you've done. That's the, like the woman at the well, she was ashamed of what she had done. She felt guilty. She felt like she didn't deserve anything. If I can just hide away and yet survive, that's good enough for me because this is what I deserve. But I come to tell you today that God is ready. And not only is he ready, but he's willing 
oh my God, to intervene in your situation in order to get you from where you are to the place that he ordained for you to be. That's the love of God that he will not leave you waddling in your state, in your situation, but he's able and he's willing to come to you to deliver you. He is God. And that's why they said, and beside him, there is none other. The woman at the well came and to God. And I, I like the fact that Jesus is the God of not just a second chance, but another chance, yeah. because I'm sure she's probably thinking what, what good could come out of my life now of, I've, I've gained this reputation. I'm probably older in age. And I want to let people know that God is a God of another chance. Don't let your dream die. Don't let destiny die. You may have wanted to be a doctor, a lawyer. You may have wanted to start your own business. You may have wanted to be a manager and you thought, well, you know, I, I didn't make it through college or I, I didn't even apply. I just got the associates and I went on or I started the bachelor's and I didn't finish. If you, if you come to God, just as you are, the word of God says all things would work together for the good of them that love him. Even the things that we think are mistakes, the things that we thought we messed up on. God could take that and turn it around. Yeah, maybe you didn't go to college, but the years that you worked as a manager at a, the local McDonald's could serve as credit for the, the new master's degree you want to go for. Trust God with what you have and come as you are where you are and he will figure out the details and he would work it out. If you come with the little that you have, God is able yes. to take that and turn it into something beautiful. Amen. And you know, this woman was hiding because she was ashamed of what she had done in her life. Many of us do the same thing. We hide out because we are ashamed of where we've been, but you hide right in the church. You hide right in the pews. You come right in the church, wounded, neglected, and you hide from the Lord. But the good news is this morning, we come to tell you that God sees and he knows and where you are he will meet you you can't hide any longer God has chosen this day to intervene on your behalf if you are hiding in the pews Jesus wants to meet you have you come to the church dejected and lost in the crowd are you trying to hide the burdens that you bear? Where you down like a cross? Is there a part of you that wishes to die?
going to meet you just where you are. You might be one. You're not sitting in the on the back pew. You're sitting on the front pew. You might not uh, be one that just entered into the door and, and, and called themselves a visitor, but you're the one that's been in the church a long time. You're the one that is sitting up on the pulpit or you're the one that the, the usher standing at the door. You're the one that people look at and says, oh my God, they have it all together. But God sees it all and you're the one that he is going to step up in your situation and begin to turn it around where the mass there it's going to be removed from you no more hiding and you know what when i was looking at this scripture in john 4 and in john 4 28 it says the woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and said to the men come see a man which told me all things that i ever did is not this the christ and when i look at this and i say the when i look at the water pot i'm looking at it as a burden that this woman dropped her burdens and she ran with what used to be a burden to her was a water pot but the bible says that when she heard the word of jesus when she heard the words of jesus the bible says she dropped her water pot and i'm saying this to you today as you hear the word drop that burden right now and know that there is no shame that's too great there is no mass that can hide the scars but that god is going to cause that burden to be lifted and when it does you're going to run and tell somebody come and and experience a man that told me all about myself and not only did he tell me but he was the one when he told me he didn't ridicule me he didn't judge me he didn't kick me aside but he with care told me but i am able to deliver you come see a man as you were talking about god turning things around and and working it out it brought me to this scripture that i grew to love in jeremiah 29 verse 13 from the message bible it says when you come looking for me you'll find me yes when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else i'll make sure you won't be disappointed and i really believe if you go to god in total surrender to him with your faults with your fears with your inhibitions with your anxieties with your concerns you take it all to him and you lay it at the altar god said that he would do a great exchange he would take your heaviness and give you a cloak of joy that he would renew your mind that he would strengthen you he would cause you to mount up with wings as eagles but you can't do that you can't experience that until you relinquish all hold on everything you have to lay it down at the altar and let god be god and let god do the work stop trying to help him stop trying to figure it out stop trying to rationalize it because his ways are above our ways and his thoughts are above our thoughts and things that people think are impossible with man is possible with god so go to god in total surrender be open be honest he's god he knows it anyway and and when you do that it frees you because the enemy now has nothing to hold against you because you have been totally transparent before god and that's what the woman at the well experienced total transparency so being open and being naked and saying god here i am false and all take it and use me and and he's the the word of god describes 
Jesus as being the potter and we are the clay. And he's going to take, if you ever notice a potter when he's making a, a clay vessel, if there's a kink, if there's a, a, a scratch, something isn't right, he's able to take the same clay and break it down and build it up into something new again. He's able to fix the kinks and he understands the tricks of the trade, something that people who aren't experts in that field will toss to the side and say it has no value. He has a way of taking it and putting a blowtorch and, and putting it on the wheel and, and making something new and making something beautiful out of it. So go as you are to God and lay it there and ask him to figure it out and he would direct your path. The word says to acknowledge him in all of your ways, all of your ways before you leave for the job interview, before you submit the application, pray about it and he will direct your path and, and don't short sell yourself. God wants the very best for you and he is able to open doors and grant you favor. Favor is the unmerited blessing of God. When we don't deserve it, he pours out his favor upon us. And so don't limit God and watch him do something beautiful in your life. That, that is so powerful because when you were talking about being honest before the Lord, that's exactly what he was telling her in this scripture. He said, God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. I mean, you got to worship him in reality. What is your situation? What are you facing right now? When you come to him in truth, he said, then I'm going to give you the answer. I will open doors that you thought were closed. Oh my God. He said, I I will do a new thing in your life and all he wants you to do is just to come god comes to heal our emotions and that's what this woman experienced is the healer of our emotions he took her loneliness her rejection and he healed her and he gave her an abundant life in jesus christ i Thank God that he didn't just do it for her, but he came to do it for each and every one of us. We invite you to taste of the goodness of God, to try him for yourself, to know that he can do anything but fail and you are never beyond the reach of God's love. Dear God, would you even now, as these are listening to this broadcast, would you give them a thirst for you, Lord, a hunger for you, Father? I pray, dear God, that that loneliness, that rejection, that confusion, Father. I pray, dear God, that all of it they would bring to you and know that you can handle it. And even as the testimony was given, Father, when the answer comes, no, let them still hope against hope, believe to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. And dear God, I pray that this encounter awaits every single person under the sound of our voice. May they say, give me to drink of this river that shall never run dry. We thank you and we praise you, God. Everyone that's been hiding, would you call them, God, to come forth, hallelujah. Would you give unto them the gift of eternal life in Jesus Christ. Thank you for healing our emotions. Thank you for healing our mind. Thank you for healing our bodies. And thank you for saving our souls. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for tuning in. 
You have been listening to Twyla Southall and L.J. Renee with What Does the Lord Say? For information on this program, on how you can subscribe to or access previous podcasts of this broadcast, visit our website at www.whatdoesthelordsay.com. Until next time. Hey.